0: Christmas calling, and we're going to consider the calling of Abraham, the calling of Mary, and the calling of Joseph. What, is, what does Christmas really mean to you? And for some people, they would say, you know, it's all about the children. It's all about seeing their joy on their faces when they show up Christmas morning. and uh, It's all about that. And it's all about the family gatherings, maybe. We've already had ours, so we're depressed. We had ours at Thanksgiving with our kids in uh, Colorado. It was glorious. and However, we do have our, one of our sons coming in tonight, so that's going to be amazing. Um, some people say it's about the family gathering. Some people think it's about the money, right? This is when you've got to make it work if you're a retailer, right? You've got to actually make enough money to cover your whole year. Um, but Christmas is really at its core. It's a the, it's the celebration, of God making good on the greatest promise ever given. And that's really what it is at its core. And God doing that, making good on his promise through human agency, through calling humans, God completes his promise. And Christmas is the celebration of that because we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ on that day. When I was a kid, my parents used to make Christmas really special. My mom and dad did a great job, and they would kind of uh, they would put a few gifts out on a long few days before Christmas. But then, on the night when we would celebrate, because I don't know about you, but did did y'all have to go somewhere else for Christmas most Christmases? We never had Christmas at home when we were kids. We always went to our grandparents on Christmas Eve and the other grandparents on Christmas Day, and so we would celebrate Christmas on my sister's birthday, which is December the 23rd, and usually we would do that at night, and our parents would make us go to bed, and then there'd be various noises in the living room, and I don't know how the... Stuff was going on in there, but it was kind of a ho, ho, ho and stuff like, I don't know. I'm not saying anything one way or the other. We don't know. All we knew is that the next morning, we would get, I mean, sorry, next morning, it would be like a half an hour, then they would call us. Kids, kids, it's time for Christmas. And we would leap from our beds where we were pretending to be asleep. And we would race into the living room and there would be all this stuff that we just magically appeared. It was incredible. But we were called to go experience the gifts of Christmas. And we're called that way even today. And I want you to think of yourself as being called in a similar way. You see, Jesus wasn't just born as a surprise, or all of a sudden. The, the promise was made 1,500 to 2,400 years before, depending who you read, that God was going to bless the world through His people. And at the right time, as Galatians 4 says, it says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that he might receive a, they might receive adoptions as sons. You say, today I want us to consider how God has called us, how God has called us to be a part of his plan to complete his promise. Uh, We're going to look at the calling of Abram, Mary, and Joseph. So we're going to connect the dots, and it's so important. So we say, I just want to read the New Testament. Listen, if you're never going to understand the New Testament if you don't read the Old Testament. If you don't understand God's promise and God's preparation. And it's so important that we kind of get into this idea that God has done something way in advance to prepare for this day of Christmas. Next Sunday, we'll talk about Christmas blessing, what this blessing is. Today, we're going to talk about Christmas calling. If You've been with us. You know that we've been in Genesis and we've started with the creation. We've talked about the fall. We've talked about the flood. We've talked about um, the Tower of Babel. And today we actually come to the call of Abraham or Abram as he was known in those days. And that God starts to move in a totally different way. The first 11 chapters of Genesis is all about that. It's creation, the fall, uh, the flood, Tower of Babel. It's all things that are happening that are really really nasty, not good after creation. It's a lot of really rough things that happen. And, and God has reacted with judgment in, at the flood. And he's reacted by dispersing people the Tower of Babel. And now in chapter 12, we turn a page and God begins his redemptive work. Begins the process of saving us. Providing a savior. And he does it. And again, I just can't get over this. I can't get over the fact that God didn't just do it. He wants to do it through humans. These very people who have messed up the first 11 chapters of Genesis. These people, he wants to do it through a people. This is the greatness of God. And I want us to look now at the call of Abram. And then we'll look at the call of Joseph and the call of Mary. And we're going to see some real similarities. And we're going to see how even God is calling you. Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 says this Now the Lord said to Abram and just as an aside Abram is from the line of Shem one of uh, uh, Jonah's sons he has no redeeming qualities in scripture there's nowhere nowhere at this before this point does it say that Abram was a righteous guy it doesn't say that right it's just that Abram was a guy that God chose Now the Lord said to Abram go from your country and your kindred, and your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will, and to him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went. As the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. It's an incredible thing. Look at that first verse. God said to Abram. God spoke to Abram. Abram knew it was God. Now, we don't know the details so that. It doesn't say that, you know, uh, God introduced himself. He showed up. Hey, Abram. Knocks on the door of his tent if there was one. Hey, I'm God. Just want to share with you. We don't know. It's not really all that relevant, but God spoke to Abram. And he spoke so he could understand him, and Abram knew what he was saying. So important for us to get that. God interacting with humans. He's choosing to use a human. He's speaking so the human can understand and he was given a task to accomplish he says go from the land go from where you're comfortable and this is the the thing that God tells him to do he just tells him to go I want you to go where from your country from the place where you're from from your kindred and that generally probably means his extended family very extended family And from your father's house, the place where you would be normally raise up your family. A son at that time would raise up his family within his father's estate, uh, maybe even his tent, maybe an extension of that. Um, But go from the place where you've got all of your security, where your needs are met, where there's people you can trust. Go from that place. Abram's call and his assignment was go. That's his task. That's his task is to go. You know, often we think that if God gives me an assignment, it's going to be huge. I mean, we think, and sometimes we think if God gives me an assignment, it's going to be so big. I don't really think I can do it because I've been reading and I know that God, you know, God told Noah to build an ark and man, I don't know if I want that assignment. Right? God, God told uh, I'm going to take this off. Um, we're struggling with our microphones here. Check, check. Got me. God told David what David was led to, to kill Goliath, and we think of these amazing things that people have done biblically, but if you really break it down, most of the things that God tells people to do are very doable. Most of the assignments God gives are actually not that difficult, arcs and Goliaths notwithstanding. It's just a matter of being of doing what you are actually assigned to do. Most of it's showing up, doing normal things. You Remember the children of Jericho, which we'll talk about later in Joshua. I mean, they mar- what was their assignment? March around the walls seven times, and it's the walls are going to come down, and then it's going to be easy after that. A lot of what God calls us to do is is to show up. Now, just as a aside, Noah had 100 years to build an ark. And David, when he killed Goliath, had gotten really good with a sling. He'd been killing wild animals with it. And I feel like it's pretty tough to kill a bear or a lion with a sling when he's coming at you. It's probably harder to do that than it is to, to hit a giant who's probably very slow moving in the noggin. You know what I mean? Do you all know what a noggin is? Raise your hand if you don't know what a noggin, noggin is. It's a, it's your head. So um, my dad would say when he hit us with the ball playing baseball. How's your noggin? It hurts, Dad. It hurts. Um, God told Abram what to do. And then notice what God said he would do. He says, I will make you a great nation. Not you. You don't have to try to figure out how you're going to be a great nation. God said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, and I will make your name great. You don't have to make your own name great, Abram. That's, that's my job. That's my assignment. Um, you will be a blessing. I'm going to make you a blessing to other people, Abram. I will bless you, and those who bless you, I will I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. I'm going to be your defender. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is God's prophecy, his promise to say, I'm going to bless all of the families of the world through you. I'm going to provide this incredible blessing that is ultimately, we know, is going to be Jesus Christ. Abram doesn't know that at the time. God is going to do that. See, sometimes I think we think we're the saviors of the world. God wants to save the world, but he wants to do it through people. But it's God who does the heavy lifting. Abraham's job was to go, to move from what was comfortable, what was safe, where his provision was. His job was to go. And he doesn't even know where he's going. See, the details of God's command and God's assignment for Abram are very, very minimal, quite honestly. God calls. We know what he says. What he gives us to do is, is doable. It's something we could accomplish. But the details are never complete. The details kind of are are out there to be decided, and we, we don't quite know it all, right? So we have to do what? We have to act with what God has told us. We're acting in faith, and God doesn't even tell him where he's going. He says, go to a land I will show you. You follow me, and I will do all these great things. Your job is to go where I tell you. Go. And as a result, this task that I give you, that you know what you're supposed to do, that I'm going to do all the heavy lifting, that you, you, the details are kind of sketchy, I'm going to bless and change the lives of you and of many, many more people. That's God's call to Abram. And that's why when God starts to speak to Joseph and Mary, it's so interesting how he does it. Joseph's call was actually really similar in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. Um, He was in the process, you know the story, he was in the process of being married to Mary. And you know that that process was that you had to make a commitment, a binding commitment to someone. We would call it engagement. They called it betrothal. And it, but but it wasn't like our engagement where you can just say, oh, hey, here's the ring back. I don't like you. You smell bad, whatever. Don't like your parents, whatever it is. Um, it was uh, it was it was like signing the marriage license. Only the couple didn't come together physically until sometime later, usually several months. And during that time, they would prepare to be married. They would build a house, or they would uh, take a piece of, their fa- of his father's land. He would prepare a place for his bride. And that's the time frame that they were in. It was the time between the commitment and the actual coming together. Really interesting time. So no physical intimacy. They're about to be married. And he finds out that she's already pregnant. And I know you all know the story, but it, can you imagine how shattering that would be he thinks he knows her, he thinks he knows her family, and he finds out that she's pregnant and he he says, "I'm just going to quietly divorce her. I don't want there to be some big display. I don't want there to be a trial, and you know in those days, you could be you could be stoned for adultery, but wasn't really carried out a lot, but it would certainly disgrace her. And it would be horrible. And so he, he wanted to do it as quietly as he could because Joseph was someone who tried to live his life to please God. doesn't mean he was perfect. It's called a righteous man. It just means that that, that was his bent. That was his goal. He wanted to live a life that honored God. We pick the story up in Matthew 1.20. It says, But as he considered these things, behold, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 24. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her, meaning he didn't he, he didn't come together physically with her until after she had given birth, and he called his name Jesus. Notice how this happens. The decision, the God speaks between his decision and and the execution, and Joseph knows it's from God. He's he's not wandering around going, "I wonder if that was from God? Was that weird?" I don't. There, there's a sense in his life that he knows this is from God. That God has spoken to him, and he knows what he has to do. He knows what the assignment is, and guess what? It is something that he can do. It's risky. His reputation is certainly at risk. His, his pride is probably taking a hit here. I'm going to go raise a child that I don't know where it even came from. God says it's from the Holy Spirit. Do I believe that? God spoke to him. He knew it was from God. He knew what to do, and it was something that he could do. He could be a husband and a father. It wasn't really miraculous for Joseph. But the details are very sketchy. I don't know how this happened, really. I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. I don't know what this is going to look like, and what is this child going to be? He's he's going to be, um, he's going to be from the Lord. He's going to he's going to save his people from their sins. How is that going to work? I he didn't God didn't write the whole story for him. He just gave him the broad outline. And Joseph knew that as a result, many lives, including his, would be changed. Sounds very much like the call of Abram, doesn't it? And then there's Mary. Similar story. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. God sent a messenger. God sent Gabriel to speak to Mary, to give her this incredible message that was personal. It was to her. She knew what the angel was saying. And she knew what she needed to do. Now, for Mary, something miraculous was going to happen within her. But her role was simply to accept what God was about to do. And her role was to be a mother and a wife and raise this child. She must have had a million questions. How is this going to happen? Is Joseph going to stay with me? Are we going to live here? How will he take the throne of of the father David? How How will all this happen? There's not a lot of details given to Mary. But she could tell that many lives were going to be changed as a result of what God was about to do through her. She knew that God was going to move in an incredible way. And maybe she even knew the promise of Abraham. She probably did. And she understood this was going to be the Messiah that was born, would be born in her. See, at Christmas, we celebrate the greatest promise ever made and the fulfillment of it in Christmas. We celebrate the fact that God chose to work through people. God speaks to people. Let me ask you, has God spoken to you? Now, you might say, well, Steve, that sounds really mystical and weird. How do I know if God spoke to me? And what does that look like? And how can that be? And here's what I want you to say. God does speak through dark circumstances. He speaks through other people. He he does speak in that still, small voice. But let me tell you how God mostly speaks. He speaks through this right here. He wrote this to us. He wrote his word, his Bible to us. God has spoken to us in, in a way that most people would say if you're familiar with scripture that it, it speaks to you at your core level in a way that no other book, no other writing ever does. Hebrews 4.12 says "For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart a great description of how the Bible works. God speaks to us through his word, and that's really where we need to start. See, God called Abram. He called Joseph. He called Mary. See, when God calls, it's personal, and we know it's from God, and you know what he is saying. It's so important for us to get that. It's not really that hard to imagine what God says. He said it through 66 books of the Bible. He's speaking to us right now through his word. It's from God, and we know what he is saying. You say, well, I don't know. It's never happened to me. I would encourage you, if you haven't, to spend some time reading the Bible, actually, yourself. You can start in Luke, if you like. It's the Christmas story. And ask God. To speak to you, to penetrate your heart with his word. He speaks to individuals, and it's really not hard to know what he is saying. Secondly, when God calls, it is something you can do, it's something you can do. It may lead somewhere unbelievable. It may lead to something incredible. It may, he may do something miraculous through that. As a matter of fact, he probably will. But know this, that God doesn't give you impossible tasks. God gives you something that you can do. Because then he comes alongside and he does the heavy lifting. He creates the blessing. He does all kinds of amazing things through us. Abram had to leave what was comfortable but it's something he could do. Joseph had to risk his reputation and really put his life there, but it was something that he could do. Mary had to risk her reputation, her body, her future, but it was something that she could do. God has given each of us assignments from Scripture. He called us to follow Jesus and to help others follow Jesus. And third, when God calls, the details aren't always clear. But the outcomes are life-changing for the here and for many around us. Say, I don't know what God if I decide to follow Jesus, if I decide to take that next step, if I I decide to do whatever it is I think He's calling me to do, or maybe it's just today, I want to receive the gift of salvation. I don't know where that's gonna lead. What's that gonna mean to me? How's that gonna work? There's not a lot of details. Not a lot of details, but one thing's for sure, your life will change. And the lives of many others will change. You know that I love the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. If you don't love it, please leave. No, kidding, kidding. I love that movie, and one of the, the whole point of the movie is that George Bailey, the Jimmy Stewart character, finds out that what a hole he would leave if he had never been born. And all the things in the town would be totally different and lives would be different. People would have died that were saved as a result of George's life. There's an incredible hole that is there if George isn't alive. And I want you to know the same is true with you spiritually. If you follow Jesus, if you continue taking the steps that he leads you to take, your life's going to change and many others are going to change as well. You have a huge impact. It's hard to know the details. You don't know that he only gives you the details you need. Actually, if he told you the details right now, you would probably be scared to death and never do it, right? We look back over our lives, we are my age, you're like, man, wow, I didn't know all that was going to happen. When God calls, we know it's him. We know what he's saying. When God calls, he gives us something that we can do when God calls, well, though the details may not be clear, the outcomes to our lives and others are incredible. I have to admit, sometimes I get paralyzed if I don't know the end from the beginning. You know, I don't want to start cleaning out the garage because I don't know if I'll be able to finish, you know. You ever feel that way? Hey Amen. Thank you. Can you come over later, Mike? <laughs> um, you don't, want to start a, you don't want to start a journey because if you're like me, my personality is like, I need to know how this whole thing's gonna work before we finish it. I'm an engineer. I, I need to know how it's, but God said, No, I need you to walk with me and, and figure it out. You see, God gave some really simple things that we can do. The fundamental message of Jesus is this from Mark 1.15. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. You know what, you can repent. You can. You can. Some some would say, I, I don't think I can repent because there's so much to repent of. And if I start down that path, I don't listen, you just need to take the next step. God, I I am a sinner. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be. I I believe. I trust in you as the one who can pay for my sin. See, it's terrifying to repent if you don't think Jesus can actually pay for that sin and take that away, right? I'd, I'd just rather keep denying it. But if I repent and believe that Jesus can remove that sin and make me innocent, oh, I could do that. See, that's a message from God. It's an assignment from God to repent and believe. And once we repent and believe, Our assignment is to help others repent and believe, help others receive the blessing. For Abram, it was to move. You're going to have to leave what's familiar to you. You're going to have to go to a place I'm going to show you. You're going to have to go to a a foreign place, a place of enemies. You're going to have to just move and follow me, and I'll take care of you. But you're going to have to take that step. And do you know that each time you take a step, you're building your faith? Sometimes people look at people, man, that, guy's a, that person is a giant of faith. I could never get to them. You know how they got there? They just kept taking the step. They kept taking the next step. Abram had to move. Joseph had to be a father and a husband. Mary had to be a mother and a wife. See, most of what God's calling you to do is not miraculous. He does the miraculous. Our job is to take the next step. That's why Jesus gave very simple commands. He said, give me the little bit that you have, and I'll feed thousands. He said, get up and walk, and he would heal. He said, go and be a witness. Build a relationship, and I'll redeem that relationship. And in a very simple terms, he said, follow me. Follow me. Sometimes people think, I've got to get my life all cleaned up. I've got to get things straightened out. I, there's stuff i got to change. And Jesus said, no, I, your job is not to clean your life up. Your job is to follow me. And I will bless you. I will clean you up. As you repent, I will clean you up. Follow me. Follow me. Do you believe God's spoken to you through his word? And what is your response? So the question is, what will I do with that? Is God calling me to him for the very first time to save me from my sin, to, m- to make me a child of his? And If you are a child of his, how is he calling you to help others? What does that look like to build a relationship, show care for somebody, be a blessing? Just take the next step. Christmas is about Jesus fulfilling his promise through people. And he wants to fulfill his promise to others through you. Would you bow with me? Heavenly Father,